Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case is out of Houston, Texas. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Emma Shea Brianna Kirby, who often went by Emmy or Shea, was born on January 6, 1991 in Harris County, Texas. In a world of small towns, Harris County is not one of them. They have a staggering population of around 4.7 million people. It's actually the third most populous county in the entire U.S. Emmy was the life of every party. She was vibrant and social, and if she was in the room, you knew it and in the best way. She had this vibe about her where when you met, you either felt like you were already friends or you knew you wanted to be her friend. But friends weren't her number one priority. For Emmy, that was family, especially when it came to her sister. Aside from being siblings, the two were best friends, and not a day would go by where they weren't filling the other in on everything that had happened in the last 24 hours. When she wasn't spending time with her family and friends, though, you could probably find her loving on the loves of her life, her two dogs, more accurately described as her fur babies. If you saw her, you saw her dogs. Emmy had worked as a substitute teacher, an office clerk, a customer care representative, God bless her for that one, and the job I think we've all had at some point, a server. However, in the fall of 2020, 29-year-old Emmy was working as an interpersonal communicationalist for the University of Houston downtown. This was her big girl job and the start of a pretty promising career for her. Emmy's life was moving forward and not just at work. She was in a relationship with a 28-year-old father of two named Javon Lee Gilbert. Javon shared his two kids, 8 and 10, with his ex-wife, who we're going to call Gina. It's not clear whether or not Emmy knew exactly why Javon and Gina had gotten divorced, but based on what I'm about to tell you, I think it's safe to say that if she did, she probably didn't know the whole truth. Based on court records, it is abundantly clear that Javon was an abusive sack of human garbage. In January of 2010, he quote-unquote caused the death and disappearance of four of Gina's cats. It looks like Gina was probably pregnant at the time of this sadistic fuckery because only three months later in April, she gave birth to their daughter. Unfortunately, her daughter came way earlier than expected and required extensive medical care. Life was unimaginably hard for Gina at this point in her life. She was married to a sorry excuse for a human and was a new mom to a sick baby. Thankfully, their little girl recovered and was released to go back home. But when she was only three months old, Javon decided to lock her in a closet and abandon her. There's no explanation to go along with why he might have done that because no why would ever matter and it only got worse. That same exact month, Javon was charged with endangering a child after his itty-bitty three-month-old baby suffered a head injury. No one knows what really happened that day because Javon could not keep his story straight. But what we do know is that it happened in a car. The injury came from her head hitting the dashboard and then falling onto the floorboard. He claimed that he was simply sitting in the passenger seat with his daughter in his lap and that she hit her head when he went to grab something off the dash. Obviously, police didn't believe his story and probably for the same reasons that you're making the face you are right now. 
For firsts, who sits in the passenger seat alone with a baby? For seconds, your lap is certainly not close to the dashboard and a three-month-old baby is not very big. For thirds, the idea that she hit her head hard enough to need hospitalization from you simply trying to grab something seems highly unlikely, let alone how she wound up falling into the floorboard where your legs should have been. It certainly didn't help his case that he apparently didn't voluntarily take her to the hospital afterward. She was eventually transported to Texas Children's where she was treated for head trauma and court documents threw some clear shade at his perception of emergency, and rightfully so. He was charged with endangering a child, but those charges were later dropped. Court records show that in January of 2011, six months after that purported dashboard incident, Javon pushed Gina, who was pregnant again, with the couple's second child. Four months later, though, Javon did something that puts him so far onto the dark side that he's almost incomparable to almost all other examples of human evil. He killed Gina's dog. We cover homicides all the time, and in almost every single case, the dog is the only survivor. But that's not the case here. An article from HL.org noted a study that people who abused animals were 500 times more likely to commit a violent crime. Another study they referenced stated that 80 to 90% of victims of domestic violence reported that their abusers started with their pets before moving on to them. Abusers are often looking to do the most damage they possibly can, and abusing their victims' pets is a surefire way to not only inflict an immeasurable amount of emotional damage, but also instill the fear they feel is necessary to keep their victim from asserting themselves. That is the life that Gina was living, and it wasn't just her anymore. She had to keep the peace with this living demon, not only for herself, but also for her two children. Javon took to Facebook to air his grievances online, saying, Women are crazy these days. And I'd like to point out that R is just the letter, because we're gonna be petty because he's the worst. Anywho, it was a fascinating revelation from a man who leaves babies in closets, somehow fumbles them in passenger seats, pushes pregnant women, and kills cats and dogs. But sure, women are crazy. You'll be horrified to know that a year later, he made another Facebook update excited to announce a new addition to his family, a dog. In addition to the mental and physical abuse Gina was having to endure, Javon had also been hacking into her phone and social media accounts to read all of her texts and messages. He needed to monitor whether or not she might be gearing up to leave his deadbeat ass, but was certainly not interested in keeping her around through love and respect. And while we're on the topic of deadbeat energy, Javon did not work and would frequently demand money from his hardworking wife. We don't know a lot about the final demise of Gina and Javon's marriage, but what we do know is that by May of 2013, Gina was in her growth era. The two were living apart and she had started seeing someone new. Unfortunately, abusive men don't like when their victims thrive, and Javon still tried to assert control over his soon-to-be ex-wife. That month, he threatened Gina, telling her he wanted to kill her and her boyfriend. 
but it wasn't just a threat. That same month, Javon broke into Gina's new home and tried to assault her with a samurai sword. Yes, you heard that correctly. He tried to attack her with a fucking sword. He pushed Gina onto a bed, put pressure onto her neck, covered her mouth, and told her that the only way he would be happy again is if she was gone. Before leaving, he grabbed a knife and popped her tires. Gina officially filed for divorce the following month. Throughout the next five or so months, Javon took to Facebook to control the narrative of what he wanted the public to perceive about his divorce, and maybe he thought posting song lyrics might get Gina to change her mind. Like how on November 15th, he posted the following Mario lyrics. I never saw the day coming that you would ever want to leave me. Baby, you told me no matter what, your heart would always be for me. Always be for me. Yeah, baby, now I'm all alone since you want to be gone. Yeah, I don't really like it, but I gotta take it. Damn, 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 girl. When you're coming back, so you're never coming back? Yeah, I, 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 I don't believe that, but right now I gotta accept the fact. He stated in no uncertain terms that the post was for his soon-to-be ex-wife, so knowing that, let's take a moment to destroy it. You would have to be high in heaven to have not seen Gina getting the fuck out of there coming. You killed her cats and her dog, you locked her baby in a closet, allegedly hurt her baby in a car, pushed her when she was pregnant and broke into her house to attack her with a sword. I, 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 I do believe that she won't be coming back and I don't believe you've accepted that. Asshole even had the nerve to wish her a happy Mother's Day online like he'd ever respected her as a human, let alone a mother. Three days later, on November 18th, his mood shifted and we can deduce that based on his choice of Eminem lyrics. He posted, I remember something my friend once told me. He said his dad told him, if you're gonna break the law, you need to know the law, which is pretty smart to say because some people don't have a clue what they're doing. It was a very Mather's Day in Javon land as he continued posting lyrics like, ain't no way I'ma let you stop me from causing mayhem. When I say I'ma do something, I do it. I don't give a damn what you think. I'm doing this for me. If it thinks it's stopping me, I'ma be what I set out to be, without a doubt, undoubtedly. And all those who look down on me, I'm tearing down your balcony. And I apologize for the way I am destroying Marshall Mathers hood here. It's definitely different when you hear it coming from me and slowly. Moving on. A third Eminem post read, I'm standing up. I'm a face my demons. I'm manning up. I'm a hold my ground. I've had enough. Now I'm so fed up. Time to put my life back together right now to focus only on handling my responsibilities as a father. Yeah, right. On November 22nd, Javon turned 22 years old, which meant that in only 22 years, he had that much evil under his belt, and it was only gonna get worse. One week later, on the 29th, Javon showed up to Gina's house, and instead of breaking in with medieval weaponry, he lit it on fire with her inside. Thankfully, she was able to get out, and he was arrested later that day. An emergency protective order was put into place. On January 31st, 2014, Javon was formally indicted on arson charges, which was a first-degree felony, but he was let out on a $30,000 bond by March 16th.
In September of 2015, Javon pled guilty to that felony and got the world's weakest slap on the wrist. He was placed on eight years of deferred adjudication probation, which meant that if Javon stayed out of trouble, he wouldn't so much as have a conviction on his record. First degree felony arsony can bring a maximum of life in prison, so that was a great deal for Javon, and frankly an insult to the public. This wasn't simply arson, he lit his ex-wife's house on fire with her inside after a long history of domestic abuse, scary situations involving infants, and animal cruelty. This sounds a lot more like attempted murder to me, but no, just arson and no jail time for you. By the time 2016 came around, Gina and Javon's divorce was finally official. According to court documents, following the divorce, Javon did not pay child support for their two children. Zero percent of people are shocked by this information. He did, however, continue to financially profit off of their existence by claiming them as dependents on his tax filings. Seems as though he didn't heed Eminem's advice when he posted, Time to put my life back together right now to focus only on handling my responsibilities as a father. But alas, that was for Facebook, and that's where you create the image you want the world to have of you, not where you document the actual details of your existence. At some point post-divorce, Javon started dating Emmy Shea Kirby. Court records and ABC 13 report that the couple lived together in Houston until they broke up in early September of 2020 after Javon sexually assaulted her. Following their split, Javon moved out of the apartment they shared together, but despite Emmy making it painstakingly clear that she was moving on, men like Javon don't know the meaning of the word no. Instead of leaving her alone, he would show up at Emmy's apartment and peer through her windows like the sick, sadistic creep he is. Javon's behavior comes down to two consistent patterns. He repeats and he escalates. At some point prior to September 5th, just like he did with Gina, Javon broke into Emmy's apartment through a window, then stood over her, threatening her with a knife, and refused to leave for hours. Following her terrifying night of threats, Emmy texted Javon and told him that she didn't feel safe. He responded that he wouldn't hurt her, but Javon is a fucking liar. On September 18th, 13 days after Javon broke into her house and threatened her for hours, he showed up one more time and no one ever saw or heard from Emmy again. When Emmy didn't talk to her sister the next day, we'll call her sister Anna, Anna got the feeling that something might be wrong. She asked their mom if she had heard from Emmy, but she hadn't. Neither had Emmy's dad, whom she was supposed to see that week. That lack of communication went on for days and was so out of character for Emmy that her dad drove to her apartment in Houston to try and get an idea of what might be going on. What he found made him worry even more. Emmy's car was in the parking lot, but Emmy, her phone, and her purse were nowhere to be found. Even more concerning was that her dogs were in the apartment without her. Wherever Emmy went, her dogs went with her. That was ominous in and of itself, but to make things even more weird, even though no one had heard from Emmy in days, there was what looked like freshly poured dog food in their bowls. Emmy's dad couldn't make sense of anything he was seeing, so he decided it was time to involve the police. Emmy's loved ones understood every single assignment when it came to spreading the word and started sharing her description everywhere. 
They posted 29-year-old Emmy Shea is four foot nine inches tall and weighs 120 pounds. She has brown eyes and black hair. She has a tattoo on her right side in cursive, Hakuna Matata. She has Capricorn Zodiac symbol on left rib, a peace symbol on top of right foot. She has XOXO on left forearm close to her wrist. While they were working on making sure her information would pop up in every feed, they also brought on a private investigator as well as a missing persons advocate. They spoke to the media, begging people to come forward with tips and started a Facebook group, which was initially titled hashtag Finding Emmy. A post in the group stated that it was as if Emmy had simply vanished off the face of the earth. Emmy's friends and family had absolutely no quit. There would be time for rest when she was found, but that was not now. They organized flyer distribution events, made face masks that said hashtag finding Emmy on the front, and took every suggestion anyone had when it came to what they could do to help. Determined doesn't even begin to describe what they were. For several weeks, the Houston Police Department, along with resident hero Tim Miller and Texas EquiSearch, scoured the area for Emmy, but there was no sign of her anywhere. It was as if she had vanished off the face of the earth, but as we know, people don't just disappear. Something had happened to her, they just didn't know what yet. On September 27th, the HPD Homicide Department opened an investigation into Emmy's disappearance, and there was no question that it was suspicious. According to ABC 13, detectives reviewed extensive surveillance footage from Emmy's apartment from September 18th and watched as Emmy got into her car with Javon. It was believed that the two had gone to a restaurant and stopped by a gas station before returning back to the apartment together. So we do know that they met up on the 18th and Emmy was alive when they both came back that evening. In the very early morning hours of September 19th, Javon was captured on video taking several trips back and forth between Emmy's building and the parking lot. Then from 1.40 a.m. to 1.46 a.m., he was seen carrying a large, heavy item from Emmy's apartment. He said that item on the ground between some vehicles in the parking lot, then opened Emmy's trunk, picked up the heavy item, and placed it inside. He then got into Emmy's car and drove away. Javon was back at the apartment complex within an hour and parked her car in a spot on the far side of the complex. The surveillance footage then shows him taking items from Emmy's apartment and throwing them away in the dumpster. The items included Emmy's belongings and of all things, a sofa. A sofa isn't something you move by yourself on a whim, let alone toss it into an apartment dumpster when it's not even yours. I'd venture to guess that couch is going to be very important. As September 19th played out on camera, surveillance showed Javon taking trips to Emmy's apartment complex so he could remove things that he had previously thrown in that dumpster. Javon is not known for his work ethic, so whatever he was doing, he was unusually motivated to do. He also returned Emmy's debit card and presumably fed her dogs. Court records later indicated that he went on an evidence-destroying mission, which included Emmy's cell phone, location information, and financial records. 
Knowing Emmy was last seen alive with her abusive ex-boyfriend of all people, detectives honed in on Javon, questioning him multiple times. During his first interview, Javon did not deny breaking into Emmy's home and threatening her. He also didn't deny texting Emmy, assuring her that he wasn't going to hurt her. Javon told officers that after he threatened Emmy, he didn't go back to her apartment until the 18th. He admitted that he showed up uninvited per usual, but insisted that he didn't hurt her. The search for Emmy never skipped a beat, and on October 3rd, Texas EquiSearch focused on an area in northwest Harris County. It was a long day, but eight hours into that search, they found her. Emmy's body was located in a field near Bear Creek Pioneers Park, just six miles from her apartment. It was clear that she had been murdered. Looking at a map, you probably wouldn't guess that where her body was found was even six miles away. Her apartment complex almost backed up to the backside of that park, where it's roughly 18 square miles of dense woods. In the middle of a very busy city, it is one of the only big green spots on the map. Emmy's mother posted on social media to share the news and wrote, As you all may have heard, Emmy has been found and positively identified. May she, a true angel, rest in her transition. Thank you all for your undying love and support during this time. Emmy's autopsy determined that she had been strangled and shot in the head. If Javon was responsible and all signs were pointing to him, he shouldn't have even had access to a weapon. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, an abuser's access to firearms increases the risk of intimate partner femicide by approximately 1,000%. Fox 7 further reported that in the past 10 years, the number of Texas women killed by a partner or former partner with a firearm has almost doubled. In nearly 70% of intimate partner homicides in 2020, the perpetrator used a firearm. Detectives went to work building their case against Javon. They spoke to him again in early January of 2021, and he told them the same story, that he had showed up uninvited on the 18th, but that he hadn't hurt her. Detectives didn't believe a word that was coming out of his mouth, and according to ABC 13, theorized that Javon killed Emmy shortly after the two got back from dinner that evening. In an effort to conceal the murder, they believed that Javon transported Emmy's body in her own vehicle to the area where she was found. That his trips to and from the dumpster were his attempt at hiding and destroying evidence. On January 20th, 2021, law enforcement felt confident in their findings and officially charged 29-year-old Javon Gilbert with murder and tampering with a human corpse. He did not go quietly and even try to evade his arrest to no avail. He was ultimately formally indicted on both charges and given a $250,000 bond for the murder charge and a $50,000 bond for tampering with a human corpse. To add a delightful bit of salt to his tantrum-induced wound, prosecutors motioned to adjudicate him guilty for lighting Gina's house on fire back in 2013. If all went according to plan, his conviction would no longer be deferred and he could instead face life in prison for it. Javon hired an attorney and he was gonna need a good one. Honestly, even a good one was gonna be fighting a losing battle, but go on. His attorney told Oxygen, we're going to fight the case. We just need time to look at all the evidence so we can properly defend Mr. Gilbert. 
so he can have his day in court. I don't think this is your run of the mill. Someone gets mad at his girlfriend and the police show up. This looks like it was a little more drawn out than that. And I think I speak for everyone when I say, you don't say. In late April, Javon decided that his temporary freedom was just too damn expensive for him, so he filed for a bond reduction. As far as I can tell, that didn't go as well as he had hoped, and maybe that's because he was already out on parole for lighting a damn house on fire when he's suspected of committing murder. On a 10 scale of most and least likely to commit another crime while out on bond, Javon was sitting at a solid 11. Maybe if he hadn't gotten a slap on the wrist as many times as he did, he wouldn't have had the audacity to think that he was in control anymore. But I digress. Javon never did go to trial for Emmy's murder. Because his arson charge carried a possible life sentence, authorities decided to pursue that instead of taking him to trial for murder, which would have also carried a possible life sentence. The Houston Chronicle reported that in the spring of 2023, a judge held a four-day hearing to determine a sentence for the arson. Details of Emmy's murder were admitted into evidence due to the fact that Javon had been on parole for the arson charge when he is suspected of killing her. Her murder is why he was being sentenced for the arson at all. In the end, Javon was given a life sentence, but with the possibility of parole after 30 years. If he's ever granted parole, he'll be on supervision for the rest of forever. With a life sentence in effect, the charges in relation to Emmy's death were dropped, and I cannot be the only one feeling like that just doesn't feel right or complete. I can't be alone in feeling like Gina deserved justice for what happened to her, not just her house, and that Emmy deserves the same. The Harris County District Attorney stated, We know that domestic violence generally escalates, and in too many cases like this, it escalates to a homicide. We sought justice for both of the women that this man victimized, and hopefully a life sentence will give his victims and their families some peace. The assistant district attorney, who just so happens to be the chief of the domestic violence division, added, while he was on probation for the intimate partner crime of arson, he committed the intimate partner crime of homicide for a separate victim, and the judge could consider what happened to both victims. A life sentence is the only punishment that makes sense because this man hurts women and will continue to hurt women. This ensures there will never be another day when he is not supervised. Unfortunately, supervision has never seemed to stop him before, and the idea that when he's 60, he may be freely perusing the aisles of Walmart is a terrifying idea to grapple with. Even though I personally feel like Javon got off way too easy here, he disagreed, and zero of us are shocked. He appealed his sentence the day he received it, but as of this recording, the courts have yet to respond to it. As of today, Javon Gilbert is serving his life sentence at the Stiles facility in Beaumont, Texas. He'll be eligible for parole in October of 2050. Emmy Shea Kirby's family and friends still mourn her loss deeply and daily. They continue to run the Facebook group, which was renamed to hashtag Justice for Emmy, Emmy Shea Kirby, after Emmy's body was found. If you or anyone you know is experiencing domestic abuse, and please know that abuse is not always violent, please contact the Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. SAFE is also 7233. 
You can chat at thehotline.org or you can text START to 88788. All of these are 24-7 free and confidential. You are not alone. You are not overreacting and you don't need to do this without help. It takes a village and the people who know and love you and some people who don't know you yet want to be your village. You have nothing to be embarrassed about and you have nothing to be ashamed of. For photos pertaining to this case, check out MHA's highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley. To get access to ad-free and bonus episodes, subscribe to our Apple Premium or head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. If you love the podcast, feel free to leave a review. It makes my day every single time. And if you have a case you'd like to hear covered, share it with Big Mad True Crime on social media because all cases are covered by listener request. I'll be bringing you a brand new case next week, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out. Okay, guys, we're at the end of our episode, which is usually where I talk about a review that made my entire day, but I forgot to put it in here. Uh, So let's just thank everybody because you're the best. Honestly, you guys don't have to do anything nice. Uh, but you do all the time. And it's the best. And this podcast would be nothing without every single one of you. You make my day all the time. I love your hearts. I love how much you care about the victims that we cover. Ugh. I feel like Big My True Crime listeners are just the world's greatest. I don't know how we wound up with the coolest people in the world, but we do. So please stay and bring your friends because it's the best. I love you guys. We're a cool team. Okay. I'm, I'm getting awkward now. Okay, love you. Bye.